Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. I think we are all set. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 252. Apologies for the little hiatus. We've uh, we've been working on some things, and it's it debuted this week. We have a brand new website that is up and running, so you can check that out at undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. It's official. Very excited about it. You're going to start seeing some written content from everybody that's part of the team and then some. So make sure you check out our website, uh, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. I'm your host, KB, coming at you live from Underground Studios, as always. Joined on the voice line still because we are practicing social distancing like everybody should. You should be wearing your masks like everyone should. And that is the one and only Matt Castorina. What's going on, man? Well, I think we have to learn how to read and write since we have a website now. I think that's uh, something I really should figure out. So that's that's what I'm looking into these days. And I mean, I guess everyone should know that's part of living the dream. Yes, part of living the dream is being literate, which <laughs> I'm surprised that uh, a lot of people aren't actually illiterate. I, I used to think the literacy rate in this country was like, that seems kind of crazy that, that that many people don't know how to read and write. Now I'm like, you know what? Starting to make a lot more sense. A lot more sense. Uh, we got a lot to dive into tonight, but before we get started, as always, show sponsored by our amazing local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, powered by our kick-ass merch provider, DesignTree, dsgntree.com, search Underground Sports Philadelphia, get all of your Philly sports merch and gear to gear up for the return of all of our favorite squads. Use the promo code DSGN10 to save yourself $10 off at checkout. And, of course, our friends at Tomahawk Shades. Just had a new pair of sunglasses come in. I'm going to put them on right now for the people watching live on Twitch and Facebook. Brand-new sunglasses came in. They are amazing. They are making me trip looking at this computer screen right now. But that's what you need the Blue Light Plus glasses for, which we all have. We're rocking, styling, and profiling. And you can save yourself some money on those right off the bat using the promo code USP at checkout. Saves yourself 25% off your order and all orders right now. $75 and over. Qualify for free shipping. Let's kick things off with the story that is breaking the sports world matt and that is because the uh of all teams the miami marlins continued to give the phillies hell uh not only did the phillies drop that series to the marlins but they decided that a group text was sufficient enough to uh determine whether or not they should have played their game on sunday after four players tested positive for covid19 uh including who was scheduled to be their starting pitcher jose urania 
and now half of the Marlins roster is decimated with positive tests, and the Phillies have yet to play a game since Sunday. Yeah, um, there's there's kind of two layers of this. One, you know, considering the way they performed, especially on Sunday, probably better off just not watching the Phillies. <laughs> um, but I, I think the the more worrying issue with this is the fact that this was left up to the Marlins. And the Phillies also knew going into the game uh, that there was positive tests. It shouldn't be left up to the players. Uh, we don't do this with concussions, right, anymore. We, we don't let the players decide, oh, I can go on. No, we have, you know, quote-unquote, uh, <laughs> doctors come check them out. Um, but, you know, with, with any other injury, we have medical professionals step in and say, sorry, like, you can't play. Like, you, ha- you have to get attention for this. Um, and that's because we know that players have been ingrained with this idea of going out every day since they were 10 years old and working hard and trying to be the best they can. And part of that is playing even through injury sometimes or adverse conditions. So players are always going to want to play. Um, and, and that's why it shouldn't be up to them. I'm amazed that there is not any protocol. There's no oversight on this situation. Uh, and, I hesitate to say this, but I think it's the truth. I'm actually glad this outbreak happened this early because I think I will be honestly dodged a bullet with this because it seems now we're still only a few days out. So it seems like there was no like huge outbreak with the Phillies and the Marlins. It's, it's contained within their team. You know, if this had spread to the Phillies and say it wasn't even caught, say they played the Yankees and that, that would have been a, a disaster um this is about as bad as it can get while also still i think could theoretically serve as a wake-up call and that baseball needs to get its act together if they're gonna finish out this season in the way that they are i already thought it was stupid that you know they didn't want to do the bubble in one way i get it you don't want to be away from your family that long but i mean do you want to be away from your family or do you want to get paid i mean it's not fair that we have to be in a situation like that but you know what i don't have much empathy for it because Myself and tens of other millions of Americans also haven't gotten to see, you know, extended family or anyone that hasn't lived in our household for the last four months. You know, like we, we we've all essentially been bubbling. Um, so you know what? Like, yeah, it sucks, but you're at least making ten million dollars, and I'm not. So right, like, I don't know. Matt hasn't been able to be in the podcast studio since March. Yeah, you know, and I, I just I get it. I get that, especially you know, there, there's guys with, with you know pregnant wives or newly born kids or. or you know, family in their in their life that are maybe of ill health that they want to look after, or maybe they just don't want to be away from them. I get it, but this in its current form, I don't know how this continues. I feel like this is just going to happen again, but it's it it really has highlighted how completely unprepared Major League Baseball was for this, and they they have no protocol. They they have no idea of how to to stop this. When you look at the tests and how slow the turnaround is. Um, especially when you compare it to like what the MLS is doing and what the NBA is doing with their bubbles in Orlando and the same with uh, the NHL and, you know, a country that has actually taken this virus yeah. seriously in Canada. Uh, what a joy that must be to live in a world where people <laughs> don't openly question its existence. Um, that must be awesome. But you know, the fact that you're waiting two days to even get a result when you already have a jam-packed schedule where you're fitting 60 games into two months it's not like there's an off day really that often now, you know, like even in a normal baseball season, off days aren't very common. Um, so your risk factor goes through the roof because we know that you can have this virus and not show any symptoms or before you show symptoms, you can still be contagious. It's just, it's amazing to me, the level of incompetence that 
the organization across the entire league has with, in regards to this restart plan and that again uh, you know two teams could decide yeah there's positive tests but we could still play no that that's that's the opposite it, it should, it's the exact opposite that game should have never happened it was such an unnecessary risk and i think it's it's bordering criminal negligence i think to that that happened and that it's i think it's largely gone unchecked i think people have pointed that out but i, I don't think mlb is getting enough heat for this just complete disorganization right now yeah it's absolutely ridiculous that every other league that has restarted whether it's here or abroad you know with the soccer leagues and everything they're testing every day mlb has been testing every other day up until now uh and how do you let a team play when there is not a 100% turnaround for negative tests? If there's a positive test, nobody should have been on that field. Absolutely nobody. And to leave it up to a group text from the players, Miguel Rojas, you can go kick rocks, pal. You should be suspended. Suspended without pay for the comments that he had the stones to come out and say that it was determined by that and that not playing was never on the table. Like he and Don Mattingly should be at the forefront of being suspended for just being absolutely, you know, just ignorant and downright like foolish for allowing that to go down. Especially knowing that a team you're playing had guys who had COVID-19 most notably Scott Kingery, who played in that game. Uh, it's just absolutely insane. It's asinine. The Marlins fire them into the sun, blast them into a different universe, because I, I I, used to just, you know, get by with just hating them because they used to have our number, but, man, am I have I been pissed off at that organization this entire week? Well, I think, uh, I think the only punishment that makes sense is just give them uh every every time we play them just give us an automatic win for the next like 20 years yeah i think that i think that's the only punishment that fits here but you're right i mean don manley especially as the manager i like if there's i refuse to believe that no one above him knew about this situation um you know well, someone has to be the grown-up in this in this situation like you know i i don't necessarily uh not get you know players not wanting to go out there and play still and compete especially when you consider that you know they already had to wait three four months into the normal season to actually start get playing again and they, they just want to be out there they want normalcy back totally get that but Don Manley is a grown man I mean he's a grandfather like yeah. this is this is a guy that 100% should know better than this should have the maturity should have the leadership and the intelligence to be like no like this can't go on um, this is incompetence and negligence at an organizational level. I think it's ridiculous at the Phillies also. I mean, we, we can blame the Marlins as much as we like, and they deserve, I'd say, 90% of the blame um, because, you know, the, the biggest question on my mind is also, how did they get COVID? You know, now right. I get that you can still be, you can obviously still be social distancing and whenever you go out, wear a mask and still catch it. That's I totally, totally possible, right? But I'm definitely curious as to how, uh, you know, this, I, I get how it spreads like wildfire and this should be a, an alert to everyone that yes, this thing is super contagious still. Um, but I am very curious as to how it, or who got the, the virus first and when, where were they exactly? Because this seems, I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm a little suspicious. Well, there was a um, story that came out, I believe yesterday. I saw a tweet about it where, uh, Marlins players went to Atlanta 
and uh, went out on the town and had some fun in Atlanta. I had, I'd heard that as well. I know, you know, that as far as I know, it was a rumor, but right. I, you know, yeah, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a good look. Anyway. Are any of them friends right. with Lou Williams? That's the real question. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, maybe they were all at Magic City getting uh, wings. Maybe that's what this is about. Lou Williams testing negative. Good for him. Yeah. Um, just needed some chicken wings, man. Whatever. I, I mean, I get it. <laughs> you know, it's just, um, it's it's ridiculous. I, I, I just, I don't get how no one was the adult in the room in this situation. And again, I think some of that blame also goes in the Phillies because they knew as well, you know? It's not like the it would be even worse, obviously, if the Martins didn't say anything and they just went out there and, and played like normal. But the Phillies knew, you know, beforehand. Mm-hmm. It, the, I mean, again, where's the oversight? Where's the right. protocol for this? Where's where's the the authorities and powers that be? MLS when they had a positive test spring up, were postponing and canceling games. Teams and they, left. They sent two. They sent two teams home because they had so many positives, and they're like, sorry. We can't risk losing this bubble. Now it's different because you know it was a bubble situation, obviously. But you know where where where's the leadership at a league level here? You know, like where where is that? Because this is this is a billion dollar league. Okay, this is this is not you know little league. You know, like world championships here. Like this is these are the big boys. And these are million dollar assets you're you're laying out there. They should not if you're just thinking in a business sense, why would you be risking your million or tens of millions of dollars that you have tied in these guys' contracts and and not go after them? I get why the Marlins are doing because they don't care about their guys and mm-hmm. they're just trying to groom them to sell them in three years. But the Phillies, you know, you just signed DD to grow DD to a, a one year deal and he's talked about how he has a kidney issue and he's wearing the mask. And you're going to let a game go on when you have COVID uh, positive COVID tests on the other team, and you just, just throw your hands up and say, "Well, everything should be fine." You got Bryce Harper out in right field that you gave three hundred and thirty million dollars to pregnant wife at home. Yeah, and a, and a newborn baby as well. Still, like what? Like what the hell is going on? That that's that that's okay. You know, I again, I think the Marlins deserve more blame because. It's harder, I think, in the Philly situation when they come to you with that information to process it. Mm-hmm. The Marlins should have been. The onus is on them to take the action, to, to postpone games and, and really take the leadership. And we shouldn't be shocked that they dropped the ball on that. But the Phillies, in my mind, I, I think as well, deserve quite a bit of blame for this because I, I think that's absolutely disgusting. If I was a player, I'd be very upset um, because I can't imagine that everyone was necessarily comfortable with playing. When did the player... What I don't like either is we're getting no information about this. Yeah. When did the players even find out about this? Right. Who knew about this? When did they know about this? Hey, why and why are we having these questions? Because it magically be... came up like Sunday morning. Yeah, and I I, I remember seeing it. So I was like, um, how are they going to play then? Because and and what what bothers me even more is when you look around baseball, players aren't taking this seriously. Nope. You you look at every other situation. And, you know, yeah, you have the Lou Williams. He, he did have a legit reason. He was attending a funeral to mm-hmm. leave the bubble. And, yeah, you know, he did something stupid, whatever. He hasn't really owned up to it, whatever. But that's one guy, right? And he's tested negative. So, whatever. He reenters the bubble. But when you look at other leagues and what they're doing, within games, right, they're spreading people out. In, in, in European soccer, they're putting guys in the fan stance and spreading them out by, like, 20 feet. And they're masked up the whole time. Why is baseball not doing that? We, we talked about this right at, you know, when we were talking about the, the beginning of this restart, that this is the easiest sport on the planet mm-hmm. to social distance. It is already distanced. 
all you have to do is throw a mask on and just sit you know uh, as neatly out in the dugout as you can or just use the fan the, the, the actual like stands just put some umbrellas up why is it that hard you know you have guys still high-fiving i still see spitting i still see people using chew i still pe- see pe- people using uh you know uh joe bazooka hell we had a brawl still- last night yeah you, you're still having yeah you, they didn't actually throw anything but yeah what, the, and how many masks did you see you know, None. so so in my mind, the players deserve some blame too, and need to actually take responsibility, because you you can't. Okay, you don't want the bubble, right? Okay, that's your decision. You met collectively as a group with your union and decide you didn't want the bubble. That means you have to take this super seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, that means when you're traveling, you are traveling with the team for business only. You are not going out and doing dumb stuff. You're not going for nights out on the town. Not crossing the state ultimate... lines. Yeah, you're you're being the ultimate professional here, and that means you're gonna have to, and you're still gonna have to sacrifice things at home because it's not like you can necessarily go out and, mm-hmm. and do the things you would like to do at home. So really, what's the difference between that and the bubble? I think you know that we're back to square one almost. I just think I the league itself really has to crack down on mask wearing because I I see maybe. Three or four guys, I'll say in the last few days, it's obviously ticked up, and I think that's because of this outbreak. And two of Maybe, them are on the Phillies. Right. And, you know, you, you, but you rarely see it. And I'm st- you look in a dugout right now, and you have no clue that, no. you know, the, the, you know that this is going on. And I think that's absolutely ridiculous. And, again, that falls on, on the leadership of, of the teams and on the league itself to really step in. And just I think that to be very blunt with you guys. You like getting paid? good we all like getting paid mm-hmm. here's what you have to do to, to continue this season unless it's going to it's going to be screwed for everyone i mean this is it's it's obviously a bad situation and i don't wish ill on any of the marlins i hope they all recover i hope there's no like long-term symptoms because that would be terrible i hope no one on the phillies you know we continue to test negative obviously that's what i hope for and i hope that this is just a near miss and that this is going to be like a footnote at the bottom of, of the page of this like return season and that we can get, you know, some actual leadership. Someone steps up and wants to be the adult in the room for once with this league and actually does something for the betterment of the league. But I, I don't have a lot of faith in that either. So um, where we go from here, I don't know. <laughs> and, and, and we won't see the Phillies. Now we won't see them till Saturday. Yeah. Uh, was it just me or were you terrified that JT Real Muto was going to end up testing positive? Yeah, I mean, that would make the most sense, you know, especially a catcher is at high risk, you know, Reese is at high risk as well, that's why he decided to wear a mask, like, you know. And I mean, JT being around all of those guys for every at-bat. Yeah, they're they're stepping off, they're spitting, again, like, you know, they put out all these, these, by the way, just, I think, vanity rules, right, like, realistically, like, what is, I'm not a, a virologist here, but what is spitting transmitting, right, like, that's just, what, what are you actually stopping by doing that and by not enforcing actual social distancing, which we know is much more effective at limiting transmission? Like what? I, the whole rosin bag. I, I'm, rule. I'm, I'm left. I'm just left speechless when I when I think about this and just the, the, the gross incompetence of it all. It's, it's absolutely mind numbing that this league t- dragged its feet to get back. And now that we're back, you would think that this league rushed to get back. With, with with how just sloppy mm-hmm. this return to play has been. Opening day, you had Juan Soto get get popped for a positive, 
and the game still went on, and no one talked about it. Yep. It was just like, yeah, Juan Soto's not playing, and he has COVID. Oh, okay. Well, should Go the Yankees. game be happening then? <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I don't think the game should be going on then if you have a positive test. I, you know, that seems a little, at least a little sketchy. Now, it seems like, in his in his defense, in the Nationals' defense, that that was actually a false positive, which yeah. is even more rare. Because he but, can't even get two consecutive yeah. uh, negative tests now, and he's, like, losing his mind. So, it's, I, I think baseball has, in conclusion, henceforth, has a lot to work on. And I, I you know, the fact that we're four days into the season, five days into the season, and you already had... You know, again, you're going to have a, a team have to field replacement players. Um, that's that does not single signal a, a, a good or or healthy uh, mindset going into this, or that there was a lot of planning. I'm I'm still I'm just left speechless. I keep harping on it, but just how poor the the planning was for this, and that the, there's there's no leadership, there's no protocol, there's nothing. It's it's so stupid. You're you're leaving the decision up to guys that are obviously going to act in their own self-interest, and I don't blame them for that, right? It's stupid and it's selfish, but I expect nothing less from them. And we told you guys when the schedule came out, we were terrified that the Phillies were going to have to go to Florida for three series throughout the season. And look where we are now. Florida came to us. Uh, Positives, though, from... Yeah, this is why you don't let Florida into your state. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like I have tweeted the Bugs Bunny cutting off Florida gif like seven times already this week, but uh, it's going to be... An evergreen tweet, it seems like, when it comes to the freaking Marlins. Um, overall, positives, though, from that Marlins series, Didi, incredible. Zach Wheeler looked great, and Bryce Harper went yard. Yeah, I, you know, the first two games, you know, obviously we, we dropped game one. Not a great game, I, but I, in my mind, chalked that a lot of it up to just first game back. You're never going to look fully amazing. Um, I thought Nola had a pretty good game, um, and Zach Wheeler, I mean, what a performance. I mean, that that was fantastic. And I even texted you and said, listen, if we get those performances from Nola and, and Zach, that's easy money, 16 to 18 wins right there. Yeah. And, and in a season like this, that all you need is everyone else to be average. And, of course, I texted you that knowing that – or I guess at that point, I didn't know that Vince Velasquez <laughs> was going to absolutely torch my life. Um, one giant concern I have – for if this season should continue and the Phillies prospects is that uh, we're clearly, and I think everyone, you know, just by the nature of this schedule and the season, especially now with games being postponed, we're going to have to do like triple headers. Um, Our bullpen is terrible and shows no signs of improvement uh, is incredibly lacking in confidence and is just frankly terrible. And the fact that we are going to have to rely on them to even be average is like me thinking that I'll walk on Mars in my lifetime. It is just, it is such a pipe dream. And that, that to me is very concerning for the Phillies this season because I don't think the offenses look terrible. I mean, through three games, you'd say that's about what you would expect. Um, you know, the, the runners in scoring position is an evergreen issue with this team. I don't know why they can't figure that out, but I'll give them a pass because it's three games in the season. But so much as I love JT and I want him to sign the thing. The dude has got to start driving in runs. Like this is this yeah. has been a, a a problem from him, and, and this I, dates I, back to last year. Yes, like this, and the, the reason I'll harp on it is because of that. This is not a new issue with him. He's already left, I think, twelve runners in scoring position this season, which is absolutely insane. I he he needs to really 
I don't know what he needs to do, but he needs to figure it out. That's the um, thing. Like I was listening to, uh, you know, friends of the show, James Seltzer and Jack Fritz on the high hopes pod. And Fritz made a great point. You know, JT's bat is special because he's a catcher. You know, it, it, it's a, overall it's a, a, a decent bat, but it, it becomes that much more amplified because he's a catcher and does what he does at the plate because he's a catcher. Him in the four hole is just not what you want. Because dating back to last year, like we said, he's left guys on base. He's he did it again in this Marlins series where, you know, bases were loaded and came up short. He did hit that moonshot home run to the brick wall in center field. Uh but overall, like that was a, a rough overall, you know, series at the plate for JT and you know, we've been calling for it for a while. I would call Alec Bohm up now. What what oh, harm is what, what harm is lose? it gonna do? You know, we had this argument not we weren't arguing, but we were putting forth this argument, I should say. You know, in actually really this time last year. Um, yeah. What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? You know? It, it's the same thing with Spencer Howard. I know they're trying to screw him over with his his you know service time. So theoretically we'll see him potentially next week at least get called up. Um but you know like, besides even even Alec Boom, why are we not, you know, diddling a little with the with the lineup here? And, and and the batting order, you know, why, why, why? Look, and you're right, JT. He is certainly not a bad uh, hitter, right? right? Like he 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 has the ability, but he has shown a, a clear issue with being able to drive in runs. Why are we not just seeing what we can do else? Why not just literally switch him with Gene Segura? You know, the guy that perennially hits like 300. Why put, why are put we not Bryce in the four hole? Like, yeah. what are we doing? Why not? Like, you know, like I, I'm not a you know I I can't pretend to know as much about baseball as Joe Girardi, but to me, that seems like a simple solution. Jay At Bruce sitting try. right there. Why not throw him right in the four I hole? Just, I, I don't get it. Um, yeah, but I, I think th- those are the two major issues, which, I mean, Jesus, those have been issues we've we've yeah. pulled our hair out about for forever now. Um, but yeah, the bullpen especially is worrying because, man, I, you know, as good as a, a hitting team as this can be, and I, I, I will stick to this. I think positionally, one through eight, I think this team has what it takes. Yep. I absolutely do. But this bullpen is going to absolutely – it is such a lead anchor for this team. It really is. It's like starting every game with a handicap, yep. honestly. And, I mean, I don't know if you question this, but during that three-game series, why did we only see Adam Hazley start once? After game two, when he was hitting everything opposite field, had four hits – why was Roman Quinn starting in two out of three games? Yeah, uh, listen, I, I said it when we watched uh, the opener. Roman Quinn has one job on this team, is to run fast. Yep. And he can't even do that right because he's slipping around bases. <laughs> he, uh, listen, we, we love him. He's a great utility guy. Awesome story. The, he just can't. He's a, he's a perfect <laughs> bench weapon. But, he, I mean, absolutely. if Adam Hazley's going to do that. situational player. If Adam Hazley's going to hit like that, why are you putting him on the bench? There's and no need. Going back to last year, Hazley had had a great second half of the year. Yep. What? It, I I just don't get. And this is another kind of old argument that we've always had with the Phillies is why are we so slow to bed young guys in? Yep. Why, why are we why why are we so patient? <laughs> like I don't get it. You know why are we so patient when it comes to you know bleeding through youth? But yet we're so frivolous and frothy at throwing out huge deals to guys in, in free agency, and but only one guy. 
That's it. They're <laughs> not filling any other hole. Like, we'll just pay Zach Wheeler and hope by osmosis he'll rub off on our bullpen and everything will be fine. Vince Velasquez, he'll take the leap this year. Yeah, take the leap somewhere else. Like, I <laughs> take the leap from the mound to the stands, maybe. Because I'm tired. I'm tired of the Vince Velasquez propaganda. Hey, let's I'm put him in left field it. again. He made some great plays out there. Yeah, he'd probably be better off. I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm done with every year being sold some new snake oil by the Phillies. Hey, I, I mean, I, I just want, I want them to go out and I want them to to, to pay the money. I, I want them to get competitive guys. I'm tired of watching it. And the sad Dude, thing is, those guys were out there this off season. But hey, got to stay under the luxury tax, you know. You know, yeah. Dylan Batances was out there. Great option. Uh, you know, there there are a ton of free agent relievers out there that you could have gotten on a one year deal to make this team better. And Matt Klintak chose not to, and that's why there's fifty seven games left until he's fired. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you have that optimism view because I don't <laughs> I don't know. You know, what what I do wonder though is um what spending is gonna be like this offseason, uh, when you consider just loss of, of ticket revenue and then who knows? I think it's going to be a big question mark for all sports, right? Is what what free agents are going to be getting this year? But our Phillies, man, you know, got to keep the faith. Three games in, let's let's hope, let's cross our fingers. But I have to say, uh, the writing is a little bit on the wall with this one. It's just it's the same old song and dance. And I hope people are realizing now that it was not 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 saying I'm not happy. Joe Girardi's here. You know, I love Joe Girardi's here. I think he's going to be a big help. But I hope people realize now that this was not a manager issue. That this team's bullpen has been a mess for the last three seasons. And they've done nothing to fix it because they're terrified. Because guys got hurt when they gave them money. And this roster has holes. And they just chose to neglect it week in and week out during the offseason. And now they're paying the price for it yet again because this bullpen is nowhere close, nowhere close to being a competitive bullpen. It's no, Hector I Neris, mean, uh, you know, and and maybe one or two other guys, and then the rest is just a crapshoot. Yeah, um, you know, it got to the point where like I I turned the game off around the seventh inning because so I was like, this is just terrible. You know, it's just it's not even fun to watch. You know? No, it, it's just because because every time there's even a pitching change, you're like, Jesus Christ. Like, here we go. You know, yep. like you, you you watch a guy walk up and you just know immediately it's going to be one out runners on the on the corners. You got like, three guys in that bullpen that can do anything right, and it's Adam Morgan, Jose Alvarez, Hector Neris. Everybody yeah. else, and I mean, Sir Anthony Dominguez still hasn't gotten Tommy John surgery. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna miss out on three years of Sir Anthony Dominguez. That's fantastic. It's it's unbelievable, you know the the way things have broke for the Phillies, and and part of it has been their own doing. But yep. some of the injuries as well, just incredibly unlucky. But the the fact that this this offseason we didn't take a chance to reinforce a little bit, um, and if I'm JT Riomoto, why the hell am I resigning here? Yeah, you know what, what's the point? <laughs> so I can I can catch for the fan of the night in the eighth inning. Like, what's why? Uh, I I don't know. I I hope he doesn't. I hope he stays, but. You know, this this is a very pivotal season for the Phillies, and I just uh, not off to a great start. <laughs> no, no, but let's let's keep the faith. Maybe it'll surprise us. Probably not, but you know what? It's still a lot of fun to have baseball back at the very least. Yeah, uh, or I should say, it was fun. Was who knows? fun. <laughs> who knows? Uh, <laughs> With a really nice opening weekend. <laughs> uh, the Sixers are back though, 
and uh, Ben Simmons is uh, hitting threes, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I, I have to say, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll eat some crow on this. I didn't think that he'd even attempt one <laughs> during this, but uh, he, he took double that in the first game or first scrimmage back, I should say. Um, you guys say the Sixers look pretty good. I mean, this is it's it's a scrimmage. It's against a Grizzlies team that isn't too too great. Uh, they were hotter in the second half of the season, and you know. That's about it. They're a younger team, definitely hungry, and they're on the, the verge, on the bubble of, of potentially making playoffs. Um, so, you know, they do come in with, with some acclaim, right? And every team you play during this this bubble in Orlando is going to be a pretty good team because they're all either playoff teams or bubble teams. So, yeah, not a bad first showing. Um, I think there's quite a bit to be excited about, but I'm like – the Phillies have already like stomped on my yep. heart. I'm not really ready to to put it back out to be feasted on by someone. Um, so I'm not going to dive in too deep. But we're going to have like actual basketball back, which is pretty spectacular. Um, and I'm I'm very much looking forward to. And I hope I'm not alone in feeling this, but man, does this team feel like they are more together than they have ever been? Yeah, I mean that's even been the the vibe that you've gotten, and really just plain English that you've gotten from yeah. a lot of the players is that they've actually this is like the best chemistry that they've had and they seem to have really taken the time and I think that's one of the benefits of the bubble is there's zero distractions because it's just you and your teammates and your staff and like the, the coaches uh, you're not even hanging out with like other teams you're not hanging out with like other players really like it's just you guys except you know? and yeah yeah right <laughs> but um you know like I, I, I always hated hearing about this, but I think there's some element of truth to this that, uh, you know, like older, especially NBA players would like wax lyrical about how, you know, players today don't have the same relationships. They don't have the same chemistry, you know, because they, you know, they have so many other obligations. You know, you have obviously like smartphones and stuff where people just plug into their own world where, you know, they used to just sit there and talk all day and night on the planes or on the buses, whatever. Um, you know, this is hearkening back to that time. There's only so much, you know, Cold Duty Warzone, you can play in your hotel room before you go hang out with someone, right? So, yeah, I think that's a benefit to them. And, um, you know, they start their restart or their, their seeded games uh, against the Pacers, who are injury decimated right now. And, um, you know, I, I think it stand a very good chance of, of beating them on their, their, their opening night here. But I think there's plenty to be excited about the Sixers. And I, I said that if, you, if you're looking for the optimistic route, this is the exact kind of format that I think plays into their strengths. There's one universal truth, and that's that defense goes with you everywhere. It's, that's not something that you can really get hot or cold with. Uh, that's a scheme thing and a talent thing and an effort thing. And I, I, don't, I don't think that's left this Sixers team, and I think that's something that could really push them further than maybe in a more normal format uh, it would. So. We'll see. I, I think there, there certainly has to be considered a contender, but I'm I'm still lukewarm on the idea. And uh, Matisse Thibel's vlogs just continue to get better and better and have debut times now, so everybody's watching them all at the same time. And uh, he's got five videos on his YouTube channel that he created when he got to the bubble, and he's already got over 330,000 subscribers. I mean, I'm getting a little worried that the dude might drop off and just be a, an influencer. But, uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, and it's really awesome because, you know, it's giving him a chance to kind of, you know, have a little creative outlet, right? And that's cool. And, you know, like we've said, this is one of the things we like about the NBA is 
it definitely, I think, of all the major sports league, allows players to be their most true selves, I think, the most often. Um, I think fans are really uh, open and receptive to that idea. And I think it's very cool what, what Matisse is doing. And I really like it. And I think he's getting tons of praise for it, and he should, because not only not only is it a cool thing to do, but it's actually like good. Like yes, they're not it's bad. Incredible. Like they're very good videos. Like I think even if he wasn't an NBA player, these would be like successful like vlogs. Like he is, he's that good that I think just a, a person would look at him and be like, oh, this is really cool. I like this. I like this guy. Yeah, and I mean the the most recent one. Uh, really took you into his friendship with Tobias and Kylo Quinn, which I thought was very interesting, and how they're still, you know, fighting the good fight when it comes to, you know, systemic racism, Black Lives Matter, and and everything from the bubble, and trying to figure out ways to, uh, you know, get everybody on board uh, on the team, which I think is fascinating, just because not only are they still, you know, focused on their mission at hand with everything going on in the world, they're also focused on trying to get back to a basketball season. Yeah. I'm it, it's you know, I, I, I sort of teeter on the end, edge about like how excited I am for sports to be back and also like, man, this is so crazy that we're playing sports in the middle of this, but it is gonna be nice, you know, tomorrow night having basketball back. And I think, you know, it, the MLS deserves a ton of praise, yes. I think, because of how they handled they were the first sports to come back and I think a lot of maybe not, you know, they may be not getting the, the, the necessary general audience, but I think everyone in the NBA was staring at them, you know, like league executives, team executives were really watching their bubble closely to see how they handle things. And they have passed with flying colors so far, obviously at the incident at the very beginning, but those were incidents that preceded their bubble, mm-hmm. you know, right. So since then though, you know, it's, it's really been very effective. And the players, even ones that were skeptical, have said that they've, they've been really impressed by how seriously it's being taken. And I think some other leagues should take notes of that and how to actually uh, make sure your players feel comforted and that they, they feel their voices heard and that they're going to be taken care of. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I have to say I, I was maybe a month and a half ago, I was still wondering if this was even going to happen you know if, if they've this bubble was still going to go through and we're it's christmas eve right now you know and santa's going to come down the chimney and give us some basketball tomorrow it's going to be a lot of fun i can't wait uh and we got our first crack at the boys being back on the ice as the flyers uh had their first scrimmage against the penguins and they went in overtime because scott lawton did the goalie as dirty as possible which is rule number one for all of our uh, friends that know who Diggs Tape is. You always got to do the goalie as dirty as possible. Flyers beat the Penguins 3-2, to two, and man, did they look good. I was very impressed uh, watching that scrimmage. Kevin Hayes was on fire. Couturier has dad strength and is going to win the Selkie Award because I, I was full-blown blown away with just how good they looked for a sport that we've said a number of times how much is it going to take for these to these guys to get their legs back under them because they have to skate they look like they haven't skipped a beat yeah uh so one i think nhl deserves insane amount of credit because they have not one but two bubbles yep (laughs) which and i mean they have i mean it's like a, a under lock and key right they have security with them they have all types of of checks and balances going on there so hats off 
you know, Gary Bettman doesn't get a lot of praise, deservingly so. He looks like but, a god right now. I mean, geez, he looks he looks more than that. He looks like an absolute freaking genius compared to some of these mouth breathers we got running leagues here. But you know, he just, they really do deserve a lot of credit for for what they've done. And when you consider the roster size too, I mean, this is there's these are big teams, right? There's a lot lot to to handle and be accountable for. Um, so they deserve credit for for enacting this plan, coming up with it and so far being successful with it. And, you know, I'm not going to overreact to a scrimmage here, but I, I do think beating the Penguins under any circumstances at any time of year is pretty impressive. And I think, you know, we are undefeated against the Penguins in July. That's that's all you got to know. And I mean, you never lost a game to them in July. That's, it, pretty, that's pretty cool. That's sensational stuff. And uh, per sources, according to the Flyers, uh, the, the first shot off the – you know, where where the Flyers had the puck and they could have shot, nobody in the stands yelled shoot once. It was it was pretty wild. First time in team history that no fan yelled shoot when the Flyers had the puck. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I will lament the fact that we, we got no Pico power play uh, yes. screaming. You know, that's, that's kind of a lumber. Where do you stand, I'm curious about this, where do you stand on pumped-in crowd noise versus uh, just – as it is ambient noise with players yelling and you hear the coaches and stuff. Where, where do you, which do you prefer? So when I, when I was testing the waters, when the KBO came back, they first started with just, you know, no pumped in noise and then they brought it in. And I'll tell you what, you know, just having it on in the background, it just made it seem more normal. Um, I loved with the Sixer scrimmage that, you know, we got the Mr. Burns excellent after, uh, you know, free throws. We got, you know, here come the Sixers after the game. Uh, I, I really think that the pumped in crowd noise is a good thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm sport dependent. So for soccer, I actually like hearing the players talk and mm-hmm. I like just no crowd noise. Um, I, and for basketball, I think I'd prefer it that way as well. But for baseball, I definitely have kind of leaned more towards the, uh, the pumped in synthetic noise, yeah. if you will. Um, so yeah, it's kind of sport dependent for me, but yeah, I, I think it's, I, I think it should be more accessible to have the option. <laughs> you know, like yes. I think it, you shouldn't have to like watch it on a laptop or something to have it without, you should be, I should be able to press a button on my remote. I don't know how that isn't, isn't a thing already, but yeah, I mean, you know, let's, let's hope the flyers can continue that good form. You know, and and actually, I mean, it would be amazing for them to win win a cup under these circumstances because uh, the salt from rivals would be unreal. <laughs> and you just know, no, no one would ever put an asterisk on it. Nope. Like it would just be talked about, like it's like, and it shouldn't because I, I don't think any of these these um, restarted leagues deserve any kind of asterisk. But you know that there would definitely be people trying to downplay it, and Flyers fans would be just delighted. To, to win it, to win it in this way, it would be, I think, the most flyer way to win yes. a Stanley Cup. Actually, I, I just like it would I be really the most do. process thing for the Sixers to win the NBA title in a bubble. It, it would, it would, absolutely. And and like you said, I don't think any of these you know restarts deserve an asterisk next to them. I think if anything, they deserve more credit because of what these guys had to kind of endure. You know, being put on a hiatus, having to ramp back up in a time where they normally would have been off. I, I think more than anything, these guys should, you know, be praised more if they end up winning the title. Absolutely. You know, it's 
I, I completely agree. Unless I think it's, it's unless it's the Penguins, you know, the Lakers, <laughs> or any of them. But I mean, other there there are some circumstances. But for the most part, I don't think I think it's, it's actually harder to win whatever championship, whatever league uh, that you're you're competing for under these circumstances where you have to have taken, you know, let's say a three or four month layoff potentially in the middle of your season or at the very you know, very beginning of your season and have to come back, right? Um, and under the most abnormal circumstances of all time. Yeah, I, I think it, 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 whoever wins whatever league, NBA, MLB, NHL, MLS, the, the MLS is backed on it, whatever it is, absolutely deserving of that because it, isn't, it cannot be easy to stop and go again after this, this long layoff Um you know, and I, I think it's it's hugely impressive whoever is able to to turn it on and win whatever championship they're, they're going for here. Yeah, the Flyers kick off their uh, Olympic style seeding uh, tournament since they were in the top four uh, against the Bruins, and hopefully Brad Marchand continues to uh, leave the puck on the ice. Yeah, and I mean it's it's amazing too having uh, this this many sports options. You know, in, in late July, early August now. Like, this is, it's pretty nice. I could actually kind of get used to this. Um, yes. If not, I don't want to have a pandemic again. But, no. you know, if we could if we could find a way to have more sports year-round, I would actually be very open to that. I know. I, I don't I've know. been, I've almost been overwhelmed because it's all come back right at once. And it's just like, what do I do? I haven't done this in four and a half months. Yeah, it's, it is definitely overwhelming because, especially since you haven't seen it in so long, you want to watch everything and then you get burnt out very quickly because you spend like four days just watching sports from like 8 a.m. to like midnight and you just <laughs> you just become a zombie but yeah it's it's nice having things back um as a reprieve from the oppressive heat going inside sitting in the air conditioning and actually watching you know sports yeah and uh a sport that hasn't even kicked off yet has been in the headlines over the past uh 48 hours i'd say because uh Tons of NFL players are opting out of the 2020 NFL season. They have until August 1st to do so. And it was also reported tonight, as we record this on Wednesday night, that three Philadelphia Eagles have tested positive or have been exposed to someone who had tested positive for COVID-19, headlined by Lane Johnson. Yeah, uh, not great. And when you consider how many players are starting to trickle through and start backing out, um, it does feel like the rug is slowly being pulled out of this NFL season. I think if a really big name pulls out, especially like a starting quarterback somewhere, that's uh, the one that I'm... that's that I think is going to be the true like damn breaker. And I, I do think that's it's almost like the litmus test for like how comfortable with other guys feel coming out and, and saying, you know what, not worth it. Um, I think the biggest issue, though, is you know, the, the NFL, it, it's such a competitive league and there's such big roster sizes and guys want to play and careers are short. I don't know that there's going to be enough guys necessarily that, that don't want to play. Like, I think it's the same thing with baseball, right? Like, especially when you consider the perks you get for just what, like 40 days of service gets you yeah. free healthcare and a pension for life. Like, hell yeah. Like I think there's going to be guys that'll take that risk. Um, but I, I, the way baseball has started with this Rocky, you know, path, 
I think the NFL really has to be hitting the books hard and, and trying to find a pathway to, to make their season work. It's a little easier because you only have a game a week, right? But um, I, I just don't know how sports exist outside of a bubble right now. Yeah. I really don't. I don't. I don't know how you logistically can do it because it is it's and it's not even down to like, you know, the players being negligent. It is just it's incredibly hard, right, to, to travel to, you have to account for a hundred people. It's not just the players. To account for the coaching staff, any training staff, like the, the even referees and umpires. Like, there's a lot of people to to hold on to and make sure that you're accountable for it. That is so much easier in a bubble. But when you're letting everyone stay in their own states and every state is doing something drastically different from even their neighboring state, I just I don't, I don't know how that possibly works, but I also don't know where in America necessarily you can have a bubble for the NFL. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the NBA is lucky in that it's a smaller uh, league in terms of numbers um, of, of actual players, and it's more conducive to being able to play in that environment. You need at least, what, six fields yep. uh, to, to, to properly bare do this? And, and Absolutely, bare minimum, and you need to be able to have those. I don't know, just off the top of my head, like 3,000 people, like that. And I think that's bare minimum. Yeah. You know, that's like skeleton crew kind of stuff right there. Like, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot to, to, to deal with and to just find space for. I don't know if maybe a college doesn't is doing completely remote learning and they just take over a college and do it that way. I think that could be kind of cool. But again, how many fields do they have? Right. What's the infrastructure like? It's just, there's, a lot of headaches, I think, for the NFL coming back. And again, I just I do not see how uh, any sport coming back in America, sans bubble, is going to work. I really I don't see it. And the NFL had the most time to figure this out, and now they're kind of like getting caught red-handed that they've done absolutely nothing. They are the kid waking their mom up at nine o'clock, saying, uh, "I have a project due tomorrow. Yes. I have to make a diorama of World War II." Like I. <laughs> Like they are quickly realizing that. Oh, by the way, there's a month. They have a month to figure this out. Yeah, you know, like we're already. It's about to be August. You know, like they, they, it's not even like they still have some time here. Like, and the more players that opt out, uh, I, I think you know that's that that could turn some public opinion on the whole thing coming back. But uh, I, I expect NFL to be back regardless. That train is not stopping. Um, I just hope it can be done in as safe a, a, as possible and i think if there's one thing to learn from this mlb experiment is that this is just not the way right it's just not the way even if players are following whatever protocol there's just way too much risk you know because it's so easy especially in football i mean i can't think of a worse sport to try and and play and exist with during our pandemic that is and a virus that is transmitted respiratorily and through contact like you were talking about you can't distance in in uh, football. You just you, you can't. can't without giving an advantage to the offense. Like that's are you going to give give a five yard lean to everyone? Like no, you you. It's I, I don't know how they do it without a bubble. I really don't. Yeah, uh, Lane put out a statement on his uh, Twitter this afternoon and said, "I have tested positive for uh, COVID nineteen, but feel strong and ready to go." Over the past few months, I have tested negative after all travels, including before and after. The O-Line Mastermind Summit 18 days ago. I've been working hard in preparation for a long, grueling season and have tried to take all the necessary precautions to build a safe and healthy environment during the sessions. I have and will continue to take this seriously and encourage everyone else to do so as well. 
I will follow all protocols, and I look forward to joining my teammates and coaches on the field soon. Hashtag fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah, so it was Lane Johnson, Nate Gary, and Jordan Mailata who all tested positive or came in contact with someone who tested positive. Um, so hopefully those guys, if they did test positive, like Lane, uh, are in a road to recovery, speedy and healthily. Um, but Matt, did you also see in the Eagles locker room their new uh, Kobe Bryant mural? I did not. But I will say on this, if and I, I have no reason to doubt what Lane Johnson says, that is the worry, is that you can have a guy that has been taking this very seriously, yeah. right? And, and you're seeing this with just regular old people, right? People taking it very seriously, distancing anytime they're doing something they're doing it you know as safely as they possibly can even by government guidelines right you can still catch this and the the worry is is that it takes and i'm sure this is the case with the marlins one is is it was probably one maybe two people Mm -hmm. that now you have 20 people with this virus like that is the the worry here is that it it just happens so quickly and it can be completely precautions you take you could still catch it uh, it'll be Merrill. i'm assuming it's beautiful uh yes yeah, so in the eagles locker room they uh they painted a mural uh with kobe bryant's 10 rules and there's also uh painted pictures of him in his lower marion jersey one in his lakers jersey and then one in him in the uh famous video of him doing the eagles fight song with the number eight eagles jersey during the 2017 season when he spoke to the team out in la um, and then it's Kobe's 10 rules and it says one, get better every single day two, prove them wrong. Three, work on your weaknesses Four, execute what you practiced five, learn from greatness. Six, learn from wins and losses. Seven, practice mindfulness. Eight, be ambitious. Nine, believe in your team. 10, learn storytelling. And that is now painted in the Eagles locker room. And that's it's a pretty awesome and touching tribute to the guy. It's yeah. really awesome. I mean, he was a lifelong Eagles fan um, and spoke to the team, got close to a lot of the players during that Super Bowl run. A lot of those guys looked up to Kobe growing up. Uh, job well done by the Eagles, putting that up in the locker room for a bunch of guys that you know looked up to Kobe, and we all know Kobe was taken from us way too soon. Um, so very awesome stuff to see from the Eagles there. Yes, absolutely. Any... Uh, Final thoughts, Matt, as we uh, wrap up being back live for the first time in a bit. Yes, our uh, our boys in the blue and gold in the quarterfinals of the MLS's back tournament playing Sporting Kansas City tomorrow, 8 p.m. Thank God they're not on the 10.30 p.m., so I have a chance of watching at least the first half live. Um, Union are doing pretty well. That they I mean, are. Three wins and a draw, uh, especially after a long layoff. It's pretty damn good. Um, and we'll see. I mean, you're in the quarterfinals. Anything can happen, right? Uh, LAFC is like the overwhelming favorite uh, for this tournament because they're just scoring for fun. But I tell you what, the Union, if nothing else, this is a really positive sign for them moving forward that this team has looked as compact and disciplined. I mean, you're talking about really good from so far. I mean, they've conceded one goal. I, that's that's really impressive, especially when you consider kind of the quality of opponents that they face. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot to be positive about with the union, and hopefully they win tomorrow. Because I'd love I'd love to continue watching them and get really invested in them in this tournament. But um, either way, I think you'd you'd call this so far a, a, a successful run for them, and I, I think they they've played very well. Yeah, uh, my final thought is uh, the Premier Lacrosse League back on uh, 
NBC Sports tonight, and we have seen the pride of Delco, Grant Ament, Penn State alum, uh, Philly guy, uh, follows us on the Twitter machine. He is uh, currently leading the Premier Lacrosse League Championship Series in total points and is absolutely just putting on a show, putting Philly on the map. Uh, not that we weren't already with uh, Matt Rambo out there doing his thing, but for a rookie to do what he's doing, ended up on the Sports Center top 10 uh, today at the number five slot. So shout out to Grant Ament for doing what he's doing uh, out in Utah with the Premier Lacrosse League Championship Series. Uh, working on getting Grant on the show too, so. Hopefully uh, we'll be able to talk to him from Utah as the, his Archer squad gets back at it in a couple days. And uh, back on tonight is the PLL at 11 p.m. after hockey. So going to be a long night. And uh, it's going to be worth it, though, because they have done a damn good job. Speaking of bubbles, PLL's bubble has been absolutely fantastic so far out in Utah. So big ups to them. Um, but like I said, we've got a website now, guys, that we're going to have a lot of written content on from a bunch of our interns, from the cast of uh, characters that you know so well, from myself to Matt to Dom, Dylan, everybody in between. Shout out to Kevin for building that bad boy from the ground up. A uh, lot of work went into it, and that's why we've kind of been on this mini break. Uh, but we're back now. So uh, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. And if anybody wants to throw us a bag and, you know, Help us, you know, continue to improve this thing. There is a way to uh, inquire about sponsorships on the website. So uh, check that out if it uh, fits your bill. And you can obviously follow us on social media as well, Twitter and Instagram at UndergroundPHI. And you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. You can follow Matt on Twitter at MattCastarina. And, of course, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know your thoughts on this whole Marlins situation with the Phils. Ben Simmons draining threes, the Flyers being back, and anything in between. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do too. And you can check us out also on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. And uh, we'll be back later this week talking about the uh, the true restart to the, the playoffs, the regular season, hopefully for the Phils, and uh, anything else in between that comes up. But uh, as always, show sponsored by our amazing local sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, our kick-ass merch provider, Design Tree, DSGNTree.com. Search Underground Sports Philadelphia. Use that promo code DSGN10. Save yourself $10 off at checkout. Gear up for the return of all your favorite Philly sports teams in our storefront. And while you're watching the TV, because you're going to be at home watching these bad boys, check out our friends at Tomahawk Shades. Cop those blue light plus glasses. Get your regular sunglasses. Anything that you need from our friends at Tomahawk Shades. And use our promo code USP at checkout. Help us pay some bills. And uh, save yourself 25% off your entire order. And all orders right now, $75 and over. Qualify for free shipping. You guys are the absolute best. Uh, we'll keep you guys updated on everything USP all over on the social medias and on the new website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. This has been episode number 252. For Matt, I'm Kyle. Wear your masks. Stay safe. We are signing off. Peace. Peace.